Thanks for tuning into the Marlon Benjamin Podcast. We believe that God is raising up a generation that's equipped to demonstrate his power to a lost world. And we're determined to be a part of that generation. Now, here's your host, Evangelist Marlon Benjamin. Divine healing haters, it's your turn next. Oh Lord, the controversial topic of healing. First of all, welcome back to the podcast. I haven't said that in a while. Thank you, everybody who has taken the time to watch or actually to listen. What am I talking about? Y'all don't see me. But I really appreciate you tuning in this episode and every other episode. And this is why I deal with subjects like this, because one thing I'm noticing is that my generation doesn't really understand the cardinal doctrines of the word. I don't think they fully understand the God that they serve. It's very feelings-based and just some pie in the sky, ethereal thing that they worship, but they don't truly understand who he is and they don't understand his word. And then when you get to asking them questions about their belief system or when unbelievers begin to question them on their belief system, they don't have an answer because they're into all the fluff they're into all the you know the feelings part of it and you know i'm just gonna wear it and I'll, but they don't really have a solid foundation so when the winds and waves start blowing their house gets blown down and the bible says that you must always be ready to give an account for the hope that lies within you so you as a believer actually have a duty to study the word and understand the doctrines that are in the word of God so that when an unbeliever or somebody comes to you and questions you and asks you why you believe what you believe, you can give them an answer. And doing so builds your foundation in Christ because Jesus said in Matthew 7, he said, anybody who listens to my teachings and follows it are wise, like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The winds could blow, the waves could start crashing, but his house will still stand. But then he said, anybody who doesn't listen to my commands and teachings and follows them, they're like a foolish man who builds their house on the sand. And when the winds start blowing and the waves start crashing, their house falls over. And that's how you have to make sure you are not acting as a believer. Are you somebody who is building your foundation in Christ? Or are you somebody who is just in it, but is not, don't have a firm foundation? And that's why you have a lot of believers, especially younger believers that are very here and there. They're on it when things are good, but the minute opposition comes at them or something comes to test their faith, then they're gone. And that's because they don't have a secure foundation in Christ. Because if your foundation was secure, it doesn't matter what opposition comes at you. It doesn't matter if the waves of opposition start crashing against your house. Your house is built on the rock. So therefore, it's on a firm foundation. And it's not going anywhere. Because if you truly believed that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places far above principalities and powers and everything that is named, like the Bible says in Ephesians 1 and 2, if you truly believe that, then the things that the enemy throws at you and tries to send your way, you wouldn't put up with them. But if you are not sure about your power or your authority over the enemy, 
then when the enemy throws stuff at you, you're gone and you're taking it because I think this is just how, you know, this may be my cross to bear and, you know, this is how life goes and God will help me through the struggle. No, but if you know who you are in Christ and you have your foundation secure in Christ, you won't put up with a lot of stuff. And I know this generation is big on the mental health thing and the mental health awareness and coping with my, you know, with my mental illness, coping with my depression, coping with my anxiety. As a believer, Paul said in 2 Corinthians, that though you live in the flesh, you don't wage war after the flesh. And he said, because the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And then he said, you have the power to cast down imaginations and bring every thought unto the obedience of Christ. So then that kills the whole coping argument. Because on one hand, people are telling you, you got to cope with it. But then on the other hand, the word of God is telling you that you can bring every thought into the obedience of Christ and you don't wage war according to the flesh. So the world, when they deal with strongholds in their minds and demonic attacks in their minds, what, how do they combat it? In the flesh. Because they're spiritually dead, they don't live in the spirit. So they're going to combat it in the flesh. But as a believer, you combat attacks of the enemy in the spirit. You can't fight a spiritual battle in the flesh. You have to fight a spiritual battle in the spirit. So when those thoughts try to invade your mind, or when the devil tries to put chronic depression on you, then you don't come at him in the flesh and, oh, I just got to cope. And, you know, it's, you know, I just, you know, they just told us that we have to cope through it and just find ways to live in harmony. No, not living in harmony with something that God has given you power over. God did not give you that mental illness. God did not give you depression. God did not give you anxiety. God did not give you panic attacks. So if it didn't, there was none of that in the Garden of Eden. So if God didn't give it to you, guess where it came from? The enemy. And my Bible told me in Luke 10, 19, that God has given me authority over all the works of the enemy. So therefore, I don't have to cope with that. And as somebody who used to deal with that, there is a way to be free from that. Because I did not get free from those battles in my mind and the social anxiety until I put that into practice. Until I had to realize that I had to take authority over my mind. And I know you get flack for talking like that these days because people want to call you insensitive because you don't understand people's struggles. But understand, I'm not talking to the unbeliever right now. I'm talking to somebody who claims to be a Christian and people who claim to be believers. And if you claim to be a follower of Christ and follow God, you need to obey the word of God and build your life on the foundation that is called the word of God. And you think it's hard and you think it's burdensome and it's a struggle, but God gives you the strength to carry out his commandments. God gives you the grace and the power to follow what he tells you to do in his word. He's not telling you to do something that he's not going to empower you to do. So you're like, I can't do that. And that's right. You can't do it in your own strength. And that's why you need the strength of the Holy Spirit. And God avails that to you.
So I set the stage with that because I want to let you know that we have to get our belief system in line with the word of God when it comes to the topic of sickness and disease and divine healing. Because one of the questions that unbelievers have, and you hear it a lot of times, is if God is so good, why are people sick? If God is this great God that you say he is, then why doesn't he just take sickness away from all sick people? And why is sickness a thing? And there's a belief in the body of Christ among certain sects of Christianity. You usually see it among older folks a lot, at least in my personal experience. They believe that either God uses sickness and disease and puts it on his children for a purpose or somehow uses it for his glory, to teach us something. And let me tell you, neither of those statements are true. God would never use sickness and disease to teach his children a lesson. What lesson does God have to teach you through sickness and disease that he can't teach you through his word? And the Bible is clear that God teaches us through his Holy Spirit and his word. The Bible said in Psalms that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Then Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you into all truth. So God only uses his Holy Spirit and his word to teach believers. I don't know what type of lesson you could learn through sickness and disease. People be like, you know, I was very lifted up in pride. But one day the cancer came and, you know, the Lord sent cancer. I believe the Lord sent cancer just to teach me how to be more humble and depend on him. No, the devil is a liar. That didn't happen. And a lot of these are well-meaning people, okay? But they're unlearned because they've been taught that God uses sickness and disease for his purpose. Or God puts sickness and disease on his people. And they've built their life on the wrong foundation. And then they wonder what's happening when that fruit starts producing in their life. You can't believe that way about God because God's word says something completely different. And I know it's the norm in the culture to believe that as you get older, you have to get worse. You know, when you're 50, the knees start hurting. Or when you're 60, you know, the legs start to not work good. And when you're 70, your eyes stop working. It doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that because the Bible says something completely different. Go to Psalm 92 and verse 12. Watch what the psalmist says about the godly. He says, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. Let me read verse 14 again. He said, even in old age, they'll still produce fruit and they'll remain vital and green. So that puts to death the theory that as you get older, things have to get worse health-wise for you. Or you can't be productive in old age because your body is is breaking down. It doesn't have to be like that as a believer. And you see that happen in the life of Moses. Because in the book of Deuteronomy, it was third chapter 34, the Bible says he was 120 years old when he died, but at the time of his death, his eyesight was clear 
and he had all his strength in his body. That's what the Bible says. Moses was 120 years old. He wasn't blind. His eyesight was perfectly clear and he was strong as ever. He wasn't weak. He wasn't wheelchair bound. He didn't need help getting around. He was as strong as the man climbed up a mountain to go die at 120 years old. He climbed up a mountain by himself with no help at the end of his life. That's how you can live as a believer. It doesn't have to be the way the world tells you it is or the way many people believe it has to be. No, God did not intend for it to be like that. And you don't have to accept these things when people say it to you. I don't know why, like, some people in the older generation love to curse their children and curse the younger generation with sickness and disease as they get older. Well, you know, when you get older, you're going to be like me. When you turn my age, you're going to have back problems just like me. Oh, you know, when you get older, you start having problems here and you start having problems there and you start, no, it doesn't, no, 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 no. You don't have to receive that because God's word says otherwise. And a lot of well-meaning people, well-meaning Christian believers, many of them prayer warriors, they will stay stuff like that out of ignorance and out of the teaching they've received, but don't receive that. When you hear that, do not receive that and make a point to speak health over your body every single day. If you're young right now, as you get older, thank God that your health will stay the same. And actually, as you get older, you'll get stronger. You're not going to get weaker as you get older. So I want to establish three truths about divine healing from the word of God, because people like to debate this topic, but even before you even begin to debate about whether you think healing is for today or whatever it may be. I want to establish three truths from the word of God. Here's the first truth, if you're taking notes. The first truth from the word of God about divine healing. Sickness and disease is a curse, not a blessing. Go to Deuteronomy 28. And this is not an exhaustive list by any means. There are many more truths about this topic from the word of God, but I'm just covering the basics of it today and then probably get into it a little bit more deeper, maybe in another episode. But Deuteronomy 28 lays out blessings for obedience to God and curses for disobedience to God under the law. And as you begin to read the chapter, it's not hard to see that those who disobey God and walk in disobedience towards his commands Sickness and disease is allowed to come upon them. Let me give you a couple examples. Verse 21 and 22. Watch what it says. This is if you disobey the commands of God. The Lord will afflict you with diseases until none of you are left in the land you're about to enter and occupy. The Lord will strike you with wasting diseases, fever and inflammation, with scorching heat and drought, and with blight and mildew. These disasters will pursue you until you die. Now, let me stop right there because people will be like, oh my God, the Lord does actually send sickness on people because the Bible says right there that he's going to afflict you with these diseases. Well, look at it like this. The Lord will allow those sickness and diseases to come upon you. Your disobedience is what allows you to be cursed with that in this case. Let me go on. Verse 27, 
Here's another one. The Lord will afflict you with the boils of Egypt and with tumors, scurvy, and the itch from which you cannot be cured. God help that person that ever got that. Verse 35. The Lord will cover your knees and legs with incurable boils. In fact, you'll be covered from head to foot. Now watch what verse 58 says. If you refuse, this is what it hinges on. If you refuse to obey all the words of instruction that are written in this book, and if you do not fear the glorious and awesome name of the Lord your God, then the Lord will overwhelm you and your children with indescribable plagues. Stop right there. This is what this whole thing hinges on. If Israel refused to obey God's instructions and they don't fear him, then all those plagues would come upon them. These plagues will be intense and without relief, making you miserable and unbearably sick. He will afflict you with all the diseases of Egypt that you feared so much, and you will have no relief. The Lord will afflict you with every sickness and plague there is, even those not mentioned in this book of instruction, until you are destroyed. So you can see from this passage of scripture that sickness and disease was not something that God used to perfect his children, but it was actually a curse that came upon his people for walking in disobedience to his word and not following his, his commands. And you can see that with Israel. Every time they turned away from God and turned to other gods, what happened? The curses that were written in this chapter began to come upon them. For example, I'm going to read it a little bit later, but in the book of Numbers, when they started to complain and they started to curse Moses and curse God because they're going through the wilderness and they got impatient that the journey was too long. And they started complaining, oh my God, why'd you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? What's wrong with you? What happened? They started disobeying God's commands and speaking against him and speaking against Moses and poisonous snakes started coming out and killing them. But even in the midst of that, God still created a way for them to be healed. So sickness and disease came upon people as a curse, in this case for disobedience to God. Look what happened when Miriam spoke against Moses. Leprosy came on her. Now let me stop because people will say then, is every single sickness and disease that come upon people a curse? I know Grandma Bessie was a prayer warrior and she was saved, but she died of cancer. So does that mean she was disobedient to God? No. Not all sickness and disease comes upon people as a result of sin. And you see that in the New Testament when Jesus healed a man and he was sick for many years and people were trying to figure out what sin he committed. And Jesus said he didn't get sick because he committed sin. But I'm trying to show you that sickness and disease originated as a curse. It didn't originate as a blessing. It didn't originate as a tool that God used. It originated as something negative. As a matter of fact, that same story, I think it was the blind man that Jesus spit in the mud and put it over his eyes. The Bible says actually that this man, this sickness would be used to display the mighty works of God and Jesus healed it. God's works are put on display, not when people are sick and have a nice attitude through it, but when people that are sick get healed by the power of God. Throughout Jesus's ministry, he went around healing people. 
Every single time you see Jesus come in contact with a sick person through all the great stories of healing throughout the Bible, did he ever walk up to one of them and be like, you know what? Actually, you need to continue suffering with this. I can't heal you today because God just wants to work something through you. He wants to birth a patient spirit in you. He never said that. Every person he came in contact with in the word that we have recorded, he always healed them. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Acts 10 that Peter testifies about Jesus and says, no doubt you know that God who anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. It didn't say healing some. All who were oppressed by the devil that Jesus came in contact with, he healed them. So don't give in to this lie that tells you that you have to continue to suffer with something that Jesus wants to heal you from. Sickness and disease is not used to birth an eternal weight of glory through you. It's not. God sent Jesus, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but God sent Jesus, and throughout his ministry, he healed all who were oppressed by the devil. So don't think for one second that you have to struggle with that. God wants to heal you. Don't think that you may not be able to get healed from a sickness and disease because somebody told you that God is trying to teach you something through it. No, 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 no. All who believe, all things are possible to them that believe. If you believe what God's word says about healing towards you, you can be healed from whatever sickness and disease it is. So you see that sickness and disease is a curse. And I read that through Deuteronomy, that it was a curse and it came on Israel for disobeying God. But let me show you what happened. What did Christ even do about that curse? About the curses found in the law? Go to Galatians 3. Because, okay, yeah, now we establish that sickness and disease is a curse. But what did Christ do about it? Because he didn't just say it's a curse and just leave it there. He did something about it. So go to the third chapter of Galatians. So in this chapter, I'm not going to read the whole thing. But in this chapter... Paul is rebuking and correcting the Galatian church because they decided that they were going to go back and institute the law or actually mix the law in with grace. And they were telling people that you actually need the law, you actually need circumcision to be saved. And they were going backwards. And Paul was correcting them because he was like, the law can't bring salvation. All the law does is bring a curse. It's through faith that you're made right with God. But watch what he says. He says the law brought a curse. But then he says that Christ took the curse on himself so that you wouldn't have to live under that curse anymore. Verse 13, watch what it says. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham, so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. So, as I read earlier, the curse of the law, sickness and disease was part of that. But when Jesus came and died, he rescued us from the curse 
and took it on himself. Let me say that again. He took the curse when he died. He took every curse found in the law upon himself. But he didn't just take those curses on himself and leave it. He took that on himself, broke the power of it off of us, and then replaced it with a blessing. So now that we're in Christ and not under the law anymore, we as believers don't have to live under the curse of the law, but we can live under the same blessing that Abraham walked in. Christ redeemed us from the curses found in the law. So if sickness and disease was part of that, as a believer, you can live free from it. If sickness and disease was part of the curse of the law and Jesus came and died to redeem me from that curse and the power of that curse, guess what? I can live free from sickness as sickness and disease is not something I have to carry or keep in my body. No, Jesus already took it. And the problem is a lot of people are in a wrestling match with God to take back something that he took from them. Like, understand that. Jesus came, died, and took that curse on himself and took it off of you. But when you believe that God uses sickness and disease to teach you a lesson, or when you believe that God doesn't heal every single person, he only heals sovereignly who he chooses, you're literally trying to wrestle with Jesus and take back what he took from you. No, 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 God, give me back my sickness. I want this. No, I don't want this blessing of Abraham stuff. I want the sickness. I want the cancer. I want the psoriasis. I want the itch from whence I can't be cured. Like, does that make any sense? Naturally, you're like, Marlon, you're dumb right now. What are you talking about? That sounds so stupid. But that's what you're ne- that's what you're actually doing when you believe these wrong doctrines about healing. When you believe these, when you have that mindset about healing, that's what you're doing. Christ took it from you. He bore it on himself, the Bible says, so that you wouldn't have to bear it. And when you start to realize that, it begins to shed light on who the true perpetrator of your sickness is. And the enemy is trying to hide in the background, putting sickness and disease on people and convincing you that God did it. And he's hiding out because if you believe that God did it, you'll continue to deal with it. If you believe that God did it, then you'll just continue to take it. But here's the thing. Look at at the life of Job. Job believed that God was the author of his calamity. And what did he say? He said, are we supposed to accept the good things from God and not the bad things that come from his hand? God wasn't the author of it. All the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank God that Job was going to be faithful to God no matter what. But God wasn't the author of his sickness. And if you believe that God is the author of it and God put it on you for a reason, then you can't fight God. And you're not going to fight him because he knows best. And the enemy uses that to keep believers sick. Meanwhile, Jesus came off of his throne in glory, came down to earth as a human, laid aside his glory, came to earth, died, was beaten, was whipped, died on the cross, was buried, and rose from the grave so that you could live a life free from sickness and disease. And you when you believe like that, are letting the sacrifice of God go in vain for your life. Jesus went through all of that and you're not going to receive freely 
what he paid a heavy price for, don't do that. Don't let the sacrifice of Jesus be in vain in your life. Receive everything that he died to give you. Receive the healing that he died to purchase for you. You didn't have to pay for your own healing. You didn't have to take a beating and die on a cross so that you can be healed of cancer. And all Jesus is saying to you is just receive what I've already done for you. And I believe that God's people are not going to let it go in vain. I believe that God's people are going to begin to realize that Christ has purchased their healing and they're going to stop putting up with things that the enemy is putting on them. They're not, they're going to stop dealing with things and diseases that the enemy has put on them and they're going to walk in the health that Christ has afforded to them. So the first truth we established from God's word, that sickness and disease is a curse. It's not a blessing. Here's the second truth from God's word about sickness and disease. It's in the nature of God to heal sickness and disease. Now, in Exodus 15, you think it's around verse 25, 26, when Moses led the children of Israel and they got to a place called Marah and they were trying to find water to drink. They didn't have any water and they came to Marah and the water at Marah was bitter. So Moses was like, God, what do I do? What do I do? These people need water and they're complaining as Israel did very well. They love to complain. And God showed him a way to clear the water, took a piece of wood, threw it in the water, and then the water was fine to drink. And watch what God says in verse 25. He says, it was there at Marah that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. He said, if you'll listen carefully to the voice of your Lord and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And this is where we get Jehovah Rapha from. So God revealed himself in this passage as the God who heals his people, not the God who makes his people sick. He didn't say, I'm the Lord that maketh thee sick. He said, I'm the Lord that heals you. And this is where this is this is where it all hinges off of too. Verse 26, he said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord and obey his commands and do what's right in his sight and you keep all his decrees, God will keep the sicknesses that came on the Egyptians. He'll keep it from his people because he's the Lord that heals his people. He won't allow the sicknesses that came on his enemies to come on his people. And you can couple that with Proverbs. Proverbs 3, I think is verse 7 and 8. It said that if you fear the Lord and turn away from evil, then you will have what? Healing for your body and strength for your bones. Number one, obedience to God's commands produces health and it produces healing. The writer of Proverbs said, if you obey God and you fear him and you turn away from evil, then you'll have healing for your body and strength for your bones. God told his people in Exodus that if they keep all his commands and decrees, he'll keep the sicknesses that came on the Egyptians off of them. It is in God's nature to heal his people. It is not in God's nature to make his people sick. No, if you're obedient to God's commands and you're following God's commands and you're following everything he told you to do, guess what? You have access to divine health. You have access to divine healing. You don't have to stay sick. You don't have to put up with these sicknesses and disease that the enemy is throwing at you. You can live in divine health. 
So God revealed himself to be a God who heals. And we see that throughout scripture, God was healing his people. Go to Numbers, Numbers 21. And I'm going to read verse 4 to 9. And this is a story that I referenced earlier about Israel in the wilderness and they're complaining and God sent snakes among them. Watch what happened. Verse 4. Then the people of Israel set out from Mount Hor, taking the road to the Red Sea, to go around the new land, the land of Edom. But the people grew impatient with the long journey, and they began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out to Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained. There's nothing to eat here and nothing to drink, and we hate this horrible manna. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried out, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Stop right there. Go back up to verse 6. And you see that the poisonous snakes that caused them to die and get afflicted came because the people sinned. And it came because the people were disobedient to God. There's that curse again. When they disobeyed God's commands, the curse of sickness and disease came upon them. It didn't come upon them for being obedient. When they got disobedient, that's when sickness and disease came knocking at their door. Verse 8, then the Lord told Moses, make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of the bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. So Israel's sin brought a curse upon them. Thank you, God. Brought a curse upon them, but God created a way for them to be healed. Any Bible scholar will tell you that that bronze snake that was set up on the pole is a picture of Jesus on the cross. It was a foreshadowing of Jesus on the cross. And Jesus says that himself in the book of John. He says, John 3, 14, he says, Just like Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. They were in the wilderness. Snakes are coming among them. Poisonous snakes are biting people. They're getting poisoned and dying off. But in the midst of that, they got cursed. But in the midst of that, God told Moses, lift up a bronze pole and put a bronze snake on it. And anybody who looks to that snake will be healed. God created a way for them to be healed. And that's the same way it is with us today. Jesus Christ took the curse of sickness and disease on himself so that anybody who looks to him and believes on him and puts their faith in him, the Bible said in Galatians 3, they can be redeemed from the curse of the law and now walk in the blessing of Abraham. God revealed himself to be a healer. And you see time and time again, when God's people got sick, he provided a way for them to be healed. God is not in the business of putting sickness and disease on good people. God is not in the business of putting sickness and disease on his children to teach them a lesson. God is in the business of healing his people. He's in the business of delivering people from the curse of sickness and disease. 
And you see that also in the ministry of Jesus. So you saw that in the Old Testament when God the Father was working with Israel. But look what happened in the ministry of Jesus. And I want to show you something right here that's interesting. Go to Hebrews chapter 1. A lot of Bible today, but that's good. Because I'm not giving you my own thoughts. I'm giving this to you from the word of God. Hebrews chapter 1. And verse 1. Watch what it says. Long ago God spoke many times in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. The son, watch this, radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. Let me read that again. The son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. So watch what it said there. Verse 3 I want to focus on. It said that Jesus expresses the very character of God. So that means that Jesus is a picture of God and he does nothing different from his father. And he said that himself in the book of John. He said, the son doesn't do anything by himself, but he only does what he sees his father doing. So, establish that right there, that Jesus expresses the character of God. Now go to Acts 10, 38. And I quoted it earlier, but verse 38, it said, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, as I said, Jesus expresses the very character of God. But what did Jesus do? You read in Acts 10, 38, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So you know what that means? The character of God is the heal. And you see it in the ministry of Jesus. Every sick person he came in contact with, he healed them. So that tells you and me that it is God's character to heal all who are oppressed by the devil. Not some not the ones he sovereignly chooses. He wants to heal all who are oppressed by the devil. And Jesus was a sign to believers then and believers today that God wants to heal you. God wants to set you free from the curse of sickness and disease. That's the message to you today too. If you had doubts about that, Jesus expresses the very character of God and he healed people in his earthly ministry. God the Father healed people back in the Old Testament. He healed his people. And in the book of Acts, the apostles were going forth and healing people in the name of Jesus. And today, Jesus is still healing people. It is the very nature of God to heal his people of sickness and disease. So that's the second truth you can establish from the word of God about divine healing. It's in the nature of God to heal his people. Now, number three, it's not just in the nature of God to heal his people, but God also anointed his people to heal sickness and disease. Mark 16, familiar passage of scripture, the Great Commission. Watch what verse 17 and 18 says. He said, this is Jesus talking. He said, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They'll cast out demons in my name. They'll speak in new tongues. 
they'll be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it will not hurt them. They'll be able to lay their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Now, Jesus commissioned his people. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. But he said, there are going to be signs that are going to follow all who believe. And he said, these signs will accompany you. You'll cast out devils. You'll speak in new tongues. You'll handle snakes with safety. If you drink any deadly thing, it won't harm you. And you'll be able to lay your hands on the sick and they'll recover. So God empowered you as a believer and his people to get others healed of sickness and disease. And it wasn't a suggestion, it was a command. So why would he commission you to get somebody healed of sickness and disease, but at the same time want you to have it for some reason? Jesus' ministry dealt heavily in healing, and then he commanded you to do the same. But somehow he put sickness on us to teach us a lesson? No, no, no. God doesn't get any glory when you're sick, all right? But God gets glory when people get healed. And I showed you that earlier in John, John 5, when he healed the blind man. He said his healing is going to bring glory to God and is going to show the mighty acts of God. So God empowered you to get others healed. So how can you have the power to get others healed, but you not get healed yourself? Because if it works for other people, it ought to work for you too. And God is out here putting the power, the same power that Jesus had to heal people. That same power rests on every believer. It lives inside of every believer. So don't tell me that God has empowered me to get the sick healed, but at the same time wants me to stay sick. The devil is a liar. It's not true. God has empowered you as a believer to heal sickness and disease. And that includes yourself also. So when the enemy tries to come at you with an attack and tries to put sickness and disease on you and tell you that God wants you to have it, rebuke it in the name of Jesus and tell it to go somewhere else because you can't live in my body. I am not supposed to be sick. God did not intend for me to live under the curse of sickness, but he intended for me to carry power over sickness and disease. Amen. And you see that in the early church. Let's go to Acts 3. Let me give an example of this. This is a story of the crippled beggar. And Peter got him healed. Verse 7. So Peter and John went to pray. And then they see this crippled beggar. He's begging for money. And Peter tells him, I don't got no money for you, but what I have, I'm going to give unto you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. So watch what happens in verse 7. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, then leaping, and praising God. And he went into the temple with them. So watch what happened. When he got healed, he praised God. You didn't read about the man in the temple giving glory to God like that before he got healed. But when he got healed, the Bible says he started walking, then he started leaping, and then he started praising God. The healing of that man brought glory to God. And that's not even the end of the story. If you read on in the story... That healing gave Peter an opportunity to preach the gospel to a group of people. Because if you don't know the story, when the man got healed, people knew him. 
because he used to be there all the time. And people saw him now going from a beggar that was lame to somebody who's now walking fine with no problems. And the Bible says that people were astonished. And when Peter saw that, he began to preach the gospel to them. And the Bible tells you that as a result of that one healing that took place, 5,000 people got saved. Peter began to preach to them. He didn't even finish his sermon. He got arrested in the middle of the sermon. But from whatever he got out, people were so astonished and they heard the gospel that 5,000 people got saved. Now, please tell me, does God get glory when people are in sickness and disease or does God get glory when people get healed? He gets glory when people get healed by his mighty power. And that's what happened there. That man glorified God and 5,000 people came into the kingdom that day. And that was done off of the hand of a believer. That's what God wants to do through you. That's what God wants to do through every person that may have stumbled upon this podcast and is listening. He wants to do it for you. He doesn't want you to struggle and sit there and deal with sickness and disease and chronic illness and back pain and headache and gas. and No, no, no. He don't want you to deal with that. He intended for you to carry power to heal other people of sickness and disease. The world is looking for a way to be healed of sickness and disease. You see people out in the world, 10 different pills, one pill for this, another pill for this, another pill for that, this medication for that. They're sick. And believers, and the enemy wants to keep people sick. The enemy loves to see God's creation corrupted by sickness and disease. He doesn't want you to walk in the power that God gave to you. And that's why he tries to keep the church from preaching the message of healing and operating in divine healing. Because when you start operating in divine healing and start getting people healed, then that starts showing the world that, hey, God's power is real. And it starts drawing people into the kingdom of God. And the enemy does not want that to happen. You'll hear me say all the time that the demonstration of God's power is a very big tool to bringing people into the kingdom of God. In the book of John, the Bible says, John 2.23, that many believed on Jesus when they saw the miracles that he did. In this case, in Acts 3, this man's healing brought 5,000 people into the kingdom. And that's one of the reasons why the enemy does not want the church to understand that God, number one, is a healer, and number two, that God has empowered them to get other people healed. Because then that starts to show his mighty power to the unbeliever. It starts to show his mighty power to the backslidden Christian and starts drawing people into the kingdom of God. And the enemy starts losing his hold off of people. But you won't be that person in the name of Jesus. I'm not gonna be that person. I'm gonna be a person that knows what God's word says about healing, and I'm going to operate in the power that he has afforded to me. I'm going to operate in that power that Jesus said I can have to cure diseases, to lay hands on the sick and they can get healed. And guess what? That same power can work for me too, because God wants me to be healed of every sickness and disease. And I'll walk in divine health in the name of Jesus. And I believe the same thing for you too. Jesus paid a heavy price for me to be healed. Jesus paid a heavy price so I could walk in that power. The Bible says, by his stripes, 
I was healed. And if by his stripes, I am and was healed, guess what? I'm going to take that for myself and receive my healing in the name of Jesus. And I'm not going to let the sacrifice of Jesus Christ go in vain in my life. I'm going to walk in everything that he has for me to walk in. Because how are we going to minister to other people if we're constantly worrying about ourselves? How are we going to get other people healed if we're worrying about getting our own selves healed? How are we going to be able to fulfill the Great Commission? Let me, let me tell you something. You're not able to fulfill the Great Commission and demonstrate God's power to a generation that needs it if you're too busy trying to get yourself delivered, trying to get yourself free, trying to get your mind in order, trying to get yourself, you know, healed of sickness and disease and you can't do it, you can't do it. That's why God wants you to grasp a hold of these truths in his word so that you're set and you're able to go minister to other people that need it in the world. So we're not going to be a people that give in to the lies of the enemy. We're not going to be a people that don't walk in the power that we have to walk in. But we're going to be a people that grasp a hold to everything that God has provided for us. And we're going to spread that same power to a world that needs it. In Jesus' name. Let me pray for you quickly and then I'm done. God, I thank you today for every single person that has come onto this podcast. And even these people that have stumbled onto the podcast by accident. I thank you, Father that you have intended for every single one of your children to live a life in divine health. And I thank you, Father, that you have determined in your word and you have decided that they can have the power to heal other people of sickness and disease. So right now in the name of Jesus, any single person that has come on this podcast and they are dealing with sickness and disease in their body, I thank you, Father, that your word said in Philippians, that you gave Jesus Christ a name above every other name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So I thank you, God, right now, in the name of Jesus, that every single person that has come onto this podcast that is dealing with sickness and disease, I command the sickness and disease in their body to bow to the name of Jesus right now. And I thank you, Father, that the divine health of God comes into their body. From this day forward, they'll walk in divine health. They won't walk in sickness and disease. They won't have to deal with chronic illness anymore, but they will be healthy from this day forward. And I thank you, God, that your people will also from this day forward realize the power that you have placed inside of them to get other people healed. And I thank you, God, that it doesn't matter how small they think they are. It doesn't matter how insignificant they think you are. I thank you, Father, that from this day forward, they will realize that they carry the same power that Jesus carried to get people healed and they will begin to operate in it in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that sick family members will be healed in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that sick friends and people they know that are dealing with sickness and disease will get healed by the power of God that flows through them and they will, as a result, draw people into the kingdom of God by demonstrating your power. And I thank you, God, for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and online at marlinbenjamin.net. If you would also like to support the podcast or stand with us as we begin to take the gospel to this generation, go to marlinbenjamin.net and click Give Now. God blesses those who support his kingdom, and we're believing that you won't be an exception.